This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their fall and holiday collection with candle scents such as Caramel Latte, Fireside, Sweet Potato and Brown Sugar, and our personal favorite, Orange Spice. This scent is wrapped in a citrusy orange essence that takes you all the way back to Grandma's house. This one is sure to be your favorite, just like it is ours. So be sure to visit sccandleco.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's sccandleco.com, where they lovingly craft each scent to elicit a fond memory, whisking you away to a place of pure joy. Now, let's get back into the episode. I recognized that my obsession with self-awareness was really just another child of my perfectionism. If I can understand my flaws and my shortcomings, then I can fix them. But looking at it that way, I always saw myself as a constant problem that needed a constant solution. And that's really no way to live. I need to enjoy who I am. I can adjust the things that I don't enjoy about myself. But I'm not a problem. I'm a prize. Hey, builders. Welcome back to LBF Podcast, short for Let's Build Futures, where we build up the lives we want by building up ourselves. We do this first by having hard conversations with ourselves, then with others. I'm host Kay Antoinette, and the clip you just heard was from a viral TikTok addressing the realities of hyper self-awareness. Join me now as we add to the Accountability is My Friend series and discussing how hyper self-awareness is not. Grab your tool belts and let's build this conversation from the ground up. My bookshelf is filled with self-help books. There was even a younger me that thought I needed to read the ways in which I should act like a lady and think like a man. I know we all just collectively went ill. (laughs) If a relationship failed, I immediately evaluate the ways in which I could have done better. If I made a mistake at work, I'd comb over what in me allowed the space for it to happen. If I had an off moment or a day, I would basically ridicule not being able to show up in life better. I even still bully my middle school self for the one weird thing I did or said or immature behavior I exhibited before I was even mature. At surface value, having self-awareness is a beautiful character trait that most people seem to lack or struggle with, if I'm honest. We all know that one person who is so completely unaware of themselves that any hope of them ever taking accountability has the probability of a winning lottery ticket. We also know that one person who is so completely aware of themselves that they choose to fake ignorance as a manipulation tactic. Then there's us. The ones who are so self-aware that we analyze, scrub, flowchart, and study every action word spoken, thought, desire, need, as a way to find the why behind the why. We're the ones that overthink our thoughts. We out-therapize ourselves while in a therapy session. We even leak this behavior over in our other relationships. We study ourselves so closely, maybe too closely, to the point where we're the observers in our life and not even the main character. 
in this case, self-awareness may be our superpower, but hyper self-awareness is kryptonite, making it difficult to see the positives in who we are, how we are, because so much energy is delegated to improving. It took so long for me to understand that if I'm constantly looking at myself as a problem in need of a solution, then I would never be fulfilled within myself. My hyper self-awareness was just another disguise that perfection wore. I'm perpetually tinkering and fine-tuning myself to work out all the flaws, but someone said it best. Self-love really isn't about fixing your flaws, it's about embracing them, loving yourself not in spite of, but simply choosing to love yourself completely. Hell, compliments on being so self-aware don't even hit the same when you ironically become aware of your hyper self-awareness. When hyper self-awareness takes a front seat, it usually means self-satisfaction and fulfillment have to sit in the back. So instead of your celebrating of accomplishments, you mentally assess how you could have done more. And I am so guilty of this. I've had amazing accomplishments within the last year, but because I'm still not where I want to be, I am looking at what I need to improve, what I need to do better, what I could have done differently to get further instead of just being in the moment and celebrating how I got there. Instead of being proud of how far I've come, I measure how far I still need to go. Instead of applauding your triumphs, you magnetize your losses, beating yourself up for shortcomings despite successes. You see where I'm going with this? Left unchecked, hyper self-awareness is the true thief of joy. It steals all present fulfillment by keeping you in an endless wheel of analyzing your past and fixating on your future. You can't even accept a compliment because you're too aware of your flaws. But it doesn't have to stay that way. You don't always need help. Sometimes you just need grace maybe even time and perspective. Allowing yourself to be in moments that focus on the here and the now. So next time, just catch yourself before you dissect all of your choices, thoughts, and motivations. Take a beat and ask yourself, does this need to be fixed or should it be celebrated? Can I find a common ground in this moment where I am aware of what I can do better without it stealing the success in the moment from me. What I find best is just to allow my thoughts to cycle until a quiet meditative state falls over me. So instead of me doing like I usually do and jumping into what I could improve, I just take a moment like to really ask myself like, is this something that I need to be doing right now? Or can this energy be redirected to be in the moment, to enjoy, you know, whatever the case may be? Like, even if it's something I actually could have done better at, like, because sometimes that will happen. It's like, damn, I could have made more of that moment. But sometimes when you get in the habit of doing that, you will find yourself caught up in a cycle of hyper self-awareness where you're constantly, constantly trying to fix issues that are not even issues sometimes. I'm practicing patience. I don't rush to fix or fine tune or analyze. When I find myself in this type of whirlwind, I sit, I allow, and I release all of that energy into the moment so that I don't carry it into the next.
when it comes to hyper self-awareness, it's one of those things where it sneaks up on you and you don't really realize you're doing it. You don't realize sometimes that you are criticizing yourself because sometimes that's how it sounds. And it can actually be in a nice way. I, I know that whenever I have these moments of hyper self-awareness, it's not always this mean voice <laughs> inside my head. A lot of times it's, it's me trying to really assess and see if I need to take accountability out of a situation but it's so insidious in that way. Sometimes it's so, it it digs deep into the part of me that wants to be a people pleaser, that wants to be a perfectionist. And it sits there and it feeds off of that need to constantly fix, fix, fix. And um, the truth is everything is not going to be able to be fixed. And I'm not going to be perfect. <laughs> so if I really want to be aware that it's fine, but I have to be aware that even though I will have things that need improvement, that at the end of the day, it is not going to take away my ability to make mistakes because I'm human and I'm imperfect. And it's really weird, like becoming aware of your hyper self-awareness is is a, a weird thing because it feels like <laughs> It feels like you're trying to fix your hyper self-awareness by being aware of it, <laughs> which is counterproductive in, in a way, but also very necessary because how else are you going to stop yourself from constantly trying to fix things if you don't fix it? <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> I don't have all the answers, obviously, but um. I just wanted to check in because this clip did go viral on TikTok a while ago. And a lot of people wanted an episode about hyper self-awareness. And so I decided to go ahead and write one and talk about it. I don't have the fix. I don't have the answer to it. I am still um, myself trying to get out of this deadly cycle. Um, but the biggest thing that I've learned to do is to just stop because sometimes it's kind of like a fight or flight and we get into these moments where something happens and we might not get the outcome that we want. And so instead of just allowing that to be the result, we immediately go into fix it mode and put on those damn tool belts and act like we're Bob the Builder and try to fix and build and <laughs> improve when sometimes all that needs to happen is moving forward that's all that you need to do instead of trying to constantly fix some things because some things don't need to be fixed some things about you even if you don't like them are um necessary to whatever journey that you're on so this has been a very short episode and uh i appreciate you for tuning in to lbf podcast for this solo episode I have a lot more coming and I appreciate you being so patient with all the content that has been rolling out because I'm here, I'm there, and sometimes I'm gone. But when I am back, I hope that these episodes really inspire you to think about your own journeys, whether it be hyper self-awareness, um, accountability, 
all kinds of stuff. You know, we talk about it all here on LDF podcast, but you can follow me on Instagram at K Antoinette underscore the blogger. Follow the Let's Build Futures page at let's underscore build underscore futures or visit letsbuildfutures.com. You can also type in LBF podcast on YouTube and you'll be directed to visual episodes. And of course, now I'm on TikTok as Antoinette underscore LBF. I finally learned the tag. <laughs> you can uh, follow me there. It's just different clips. Some clips come from episodes. Most of the clips come just from my daytime or nighttime thoughts. So people seem to like that. But um, yeah. You've got mail. I wanted to carve out a section where um, I get to read your emails that you send. I don't get a whole bunch, but I do get some and I'm trying to get better at weeding through them and answering them here on the podcast. So if you would like to email me your thoughts, your comments, your topic ideas, all of those things, you can hit me up at allthingslbf at gmail.com. That's allthingslbf at gmail.com. And I would love to read your email here here on the show. So right now I have one I'm going to read. And I'm going to keep it anonymous because y'all know how I do. I don't like to put people's business out there unless you explicitly say, hey, I want to be shouted out or something. I don't do that. But um, here we go. It says, hey, Cansonette, I found you from TikTok. They spelled it TikTok, though, but I got you. <laughs> um, and I immediately had to follow because of the content. Oh, thank you. I started listening to episodes and the one on sensitivity and mommy issues resonated with me a lot. How do you handle having these kinds of conversations with others who aren't as open as you? I want to talk to some people in my life about these things, but I'm not sure how to start. That is, I love this letter um, or this email is, is, um, I think it's true to what a lot of people experience when they come across um, some of this content. It's like they want to talk to people, but it is really interesting. How do you bring um, some of these topics to others who might not be on the same frequency as you or the same kind of conversational style as you? I would say that the, the easiest or not the easiest my approach whenever I'm trying to have conversations, whether it be difficult or minor, would be to just start with a simple question. And it kind of helps you gauge where that person's mindset is and how um, closed or open they really are. So um, if I wanted to talk to someone about sensitivity, I just be like, hey, do you feel like you're sensitive? And usually, like, <laughs> it's a very, for lack of a better word, startling way to start a conversation, but it's very effective in allowing that person to see that they have space to really think about the question and to then answer it. A lot of times when I do ask a question, because um, I, I do what I call research before I do any episode where I literally go out and have conversations with other people about these things to see what the kind of general consensus is. And so for sensitivity, for the sensitivity episode, that was one of the questions I asked. It's like, hey, do you think you're sensitive? And the amount of people that actually take the time to really think about it, um, it really just shows you that 
sometimes people aren't used to having those spaces to have that type of conversation. So you'll be surprised is what I'm trying to say. You'll be surprised the people who actually appreciate the space that you create because that's where it starts is creating this space to um, talk about something sensitive or even something minor or major. And so start with a question and it helps you gauge how open they are like if I have someone and I ask this question and they give me a very short blunt answer um I kind of make up in my mind whether I'm going to dig deeper or not and I've had I've had that before with a lot of men where it's just like they give me a very matter of fact answer right and then I'll be like well why do you think that right and then we get into the mindset part of it and usually people blossom for me um whenever we have these types of conversations. And I think that's just because they know they have the space to honestly share their opinions. That might not always be the case with some people. I've had people who just, you can tell just by their energy, by the way that they, by certain words they use, that they're really not interested in having certain conversations. And sometimes that's just, you want to have to have some kind of discernment with that. But I think the misconception that most people are open is is a little premature sometimes. Not saying that you, you know, did anything wrong by saying that, but I think that most people are open to these kinds of conversations. They're just never really given the space to have them. Or if they have them, they're given, you know, just enough space to agree with the person who is asking the question. So it's very important that when you're asking the question or inviting the topic into a conversation that you are allowing that person to speak, you're actively listening. And it sends the message that you really want to have, you know, some kind of discussion with them instead of it just being you talking and them listening or, you know, vice versa. Um, Because a lot of times, and it's something I have to get used to, I'll ask a question and I'll get deep in it with someone and then they'll ask me back. And I love it when it happens, but I'm my mind just it doesn't juggle things very well. So I'm so focused on listening to that person that I haven't really been thinking about my own answers. But that's how the conversation kind of becomes a back and forth instead of a one sided kind of thing. So start with a question and actively listen to the answer. Be prepared for the answer. That's another thing, too, because if you um, if you lead with judgment based on their answer or um, offense sometimes it does well not sometimes it will change the tone of the conversation in certain topics it is hard not to have some kind of judgment or you know what have you I'm guilty of that too because sometimes it's written all over my face what I think (laughs) whether I agree with what the person said or not but um yeah Uh, I hope that somehow answer your question that was a long-winded answer (laughs) but even when I'm talking to like let's say I'm talking to a family member and I know that they have certain belief systems that are different from mine um I gently kind of lead them into the conversation by just opening the floor up to them to discuss certain things and by asking certain questions, sometimes you will be challenging what people think, how they feel. Um, it's, you have to be careful with, with that, that, like I said, you're not leading with judgment. I lead with curiosity. 
or I try to most of the time because that's where it comes from in the first place. I really want to know why you feel this way, why you think this way, what are your thoughts on this particular topic? How did you formulate these thoughts? Where did this all stem from? Like I lead any kind of conversation I have with curiosity. And because I'm curious, that means that I'm really actually listening to what the person is saying instead of trying to formulate a response or project my own emotions onto their responses. So yeah, hope that helped. Y'all hit me up if you have any questions, topic ideas and all those good things for me. Now we're about to close out the episode. All right, builders, that is our episode for this week. Thank you for tuning in. I love talking with you. Remember to subscribe, like, and share these conversations with first yourself and then with others. Ask yourself this week, do you notice any hyper self-awareness within yourself, within others, within our society? Think about that, contemplate that, and I'll see you next time.